0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Pretty excited that we're starting our Halloween at home now. Because like I've said before, Halloween is a way of life. It's not just trick-or-treating. It's not just getting to dress up in a certain costume. It's a mindset. It's allowing yourself to explore those dark corners, those things that make you go and jump in the night. It's allowing yourself to embrace your fear and face it. And along the way, get to have some very interesting decorative choices. Because it's more than what you just see. It's what's beneath. What lies between the walls of a house, inside the eyes of a toy, or beneath someone's skin can often be more than we bargained for. If we're not careful, we can fall victim to other presences that watch and wait to strike when we're most vulnerable. Always be wary of what lurks just beneath the surface of things. First... A doll just wants a new friend to play with, and then enter a home that houses an eternal battle of good versus evil, followed by the true story of toys that can eat children. And finally, a tale of imaginary sisters. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support Something Scary, consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, you can help this show and also be a part of it. Hear your name featured in a story on the podcast or weekly video and see ad-free episodes. For more information, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The doll and the wall. There's no safer feeling than being inside the walls of your own house. Safe in your room where there is no one else but you. Well, you and the thing sitting within the wall. Evan couldn't sleep because of the faint scratching noise coming from his bedroom wall. It just wouldn't stop. He remembered his parents asking the realtor why the house's price was so low, and she told them it was because of complaints about settling noises in the walls at night. Evan's parents had laughed, saying they were all deep sleepers, but also, when they'd moved in, none of them had heard anything. It had been almost a full year since then, and not a sound heard. Until tonight. That following morning, Evan told his parents about the noises in the wall. They checked, but nothing was amiss. Plus, they had slept soundly all last night. That next night, Evan once again heard the slow, persistent scratching. Except this time, it was louder. He put his ear against his bedroom wall to see if he could make out what it was. But when he did that, it suddenly stopped. Evan crawled back into his bed and was almost asleep when once again, something began scraping inside his wall, this time more urgent and much, much louder. He tried to tell his parents about the noise, but they were already sound asleep. His mother groggily told him to put on headphones and go to bed, and they would figure it out in the morning. Evan put on his headphones and played some relaxing music. To zone out even further, he grabbed a flashlight and curled up under the covers with his favorite manga. Eventually, he fell asleep. Suddenly, Evan startled awake, but he had no idea why. His playlist was over and everything was quiet. The scratching noise was gone. He looked over at the wall. There was a hole in it. Evan carefully got out of bed, certain he would step on rats or some other vermin, but his room was empty. He inched closer to the hole in the wall and looked inside. It was dark in there. What little he could see, there seemed to be nothing there, no signs of anything except more wall. He needed more light to see inside. Turning back to his bed to get his flashlight, Evan pulled back his covers and there was a large doll in his bed. Recoiling in horror, Evan stared at the thing, staring right back at him. His heart thundered in his chest. He was scared out of his mind. How did it get there? Had it been there while he slept? The doll's cracked porcelain face was dirty, and it had too wide of a grin. Staring right at him was one eye that looked especially sinister, while the other was hollowed out. Its clothes were in tatters, and any color had faded long ago. His heart was finally calming down now. It was just a doll, after all, and Evan wondered if his parents were playing a prank on him. Not funny, he muttered to himself, and just as he spoke, the doll sat up right in his bed and began to (laughs) laugh. Evan shoved the doll off his bed and ran for the door, but before he could reach it, the doll launched itself off the ground and onto his back tiny, cracked porcelain hands dug into the flesh of his neck. The doll kept laughing as it tried to reach around and scratch out his eyes. Evan tried to pull the doll off himself, but it was somehow too strong. A tiny doll hand gashed him just above his eye, and blood rushed into it, half-blinding him. Evan screamed, and not knowing what else to do, threw himself backward onto the ground, hearing a satisfying crack come from the doll when he hit the ground. He quickly sprung up and looked back at the doll on the floor. It was smashed, but still laughing as it tried to move. Evan ran out of his room and towards his parents' bedroom for help, but as he passed the stairs, he suddenly heard an unearthly voice behind him. Where's my doll? Evan turned to see a sickly, green, glowing girl just a few years younger than him with dead black eyes and rotten teeth. As the spectral horror moved closer, Evan desperately backed away from it. So desperately, he forgot about the stairs behind him and fell all the way down. As he lay bleeding at the bottom of the stairwell, he felt a cold hand grab his while another gently stroked his hair. Evan looked up into her dead face, heard the voice of the little dead girl. You're much better than my dirty old doll. I think I'll keep you forever and ever. The next morning, Evan's parents could find no sign of their son, just a creepy old doll in his bed, wearing his pajamas. The hole in the wall was gone as well. It was as if there had never been a hole there to begin with, but inside that wall, set the skeletal remains of a long dead girl and her new friend Evan the boy who slowly died as his parents screams drowned out his last scratching pleas for rescue from inside the wall
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well If you own a home you know how much work it can take
1: Buyer beware. There are a lot of pitfalls when moving into a new home, and if you don't look into its history, its history will look into you. Like in this story, inspired by Destiny. Destiny didn't share her mom's excitement about the move. Their new house was actually quite old and gave her a weird feeling, but she brushed it off so she wouldn't disappoint her mom. Those feelings began to escalate. As they both became more aware of the supernatural nature of their house, they often heard footsteps in the house, or what seemed like the murmur of prayers in the distance. And sometimes, they'd even see a shadow cross the hall. Finally, Destiny and her mom did a little digging into the history of the house and discovered a church had once occupied the same spot of land, but had burned down mysteriously one night, taking the preacher along with it. The house was built sometime after that, but nobody seemed to live there for long. The kids in Destiny's neighborhood confirmed that everyone knew it was haunted, that an evil presence walked its rooms. They'd only talk about that house in whispers, but most assumed it had to have something to do with the preacher, the preacher who had died in flames and agony, the ghost of which was said to be ever-restless thereafter. If the ghost of the preacher was the one walking the halls, it certainly seemed harmless enough to Destiny and her mother. And after a few months, they both got used to the noises of their haunted house. What Destiny didn't realize was that the entity within their home was only getting started. One night, Destiny was startled awake by a terrible banging on her wall. Frantically, she fell out of bed, reaching for the lamp on her nightstand. She clicked it on, but her room remained in darkness. The hallway light was off as well. Her eyes went to the only source of light she had, the moonlight spilling in from her window. As she looked out the window, that's when she saw it. She whimpered as it banged against the wall next to the window again. It was a demon. A snarling demon covered in coarse black fur with menacing red eyes. Again, it banged and scratched at the side of her house, desperately trying to find its way inside. Suddenly, its eyes focused on hers. Hate burned red hot within its sockets. Holding her gaze, it charged at her window. Just as it hit, there was suddenly a flash of white, and it was the next morning. She awoke in her bed. Her light worked. Her room was calm, but the beast had left a type of mark behind. There was a large crack in her window. She didn't tell her mother because she didn't want to appear crazy. Maybe that crack had always been there and she'd never noticed. Maybe it had been an unlucky bird along with a nightmare. In any case, after that, the whispering, footsteps, and murmured prayers seemed to escalate in their home. But nothing else untoward happened, not the next night or even the next week after that. Once again, Destiny and her mom settled into the new normal that was their haunted house. Still, just in case, over the next few months, Destiny tapped every resource she could find to dig deeper into the backstory about the preacher and the church that had once sat on their land. Following the breadcrumbs into some lesser-known info, and getting that sent to her local library, she finally discovered something alarming. Apparently... Decades ago, the town they lived in had been supposedly plagued by demons. The church dispatched a preacher to exorcise the town. The preacher was said to have heroically sent them all back to hell. All except for one. While the preacher had been weakened from the fight with the lesser demons, the demonic leader of their coup had managed to possess the preacher. As a final act, the preacher had locked himself in the church right before it burned to the ground. The local legend said the preacher's soul was trapped here on Earth, along with the demon. The demon only wished to get a foothold on Earth so that it could then devour any and every soul it could get a hold of. Rushing from the library back to her home, she was excited to show her mom everything that she had learned, but something was amiss when she got there. Destiny saw that the window to her room was shattered open. She ran inside, worriedly yelling for her mom. When she finally found her mother, she also found the demon. Destiny watched in horror as the demon changed into a whirling, violent mist and enveloped her mother's body. Her mom screamed as the chaotic mist then evaporated into her skin. Her mother's normally loving eyes now glowed red. A hateful snarl twisted on her face as a guttural, inhuman voice erupted from her. Finally! The soul is mine. Now
0: you will all die.
1: Destiny screamed and turned to run away, but came face to face with the ghost of the preacher, visible now for the first time. His eyes seemed both apologetic and also as if he was asking her for something. The moment froze in time and she felt at peace. Suddenly, knowing what he was asking, knowing that she'd need help to free her mother's soul, she smiled back at him. And nodded her acceptance. He touched her forehead and there was a flash of white light. With her permission, the preacher's ghost had possessed her. Together as one, they turned back to face the demon that had killed him and wished to wreak havoc upon the world. From the backseat of her own mind, Destiny watched as the battle of good and evil unfolded. Her mother had charged her, snarling and clawing at her with blazing red eyes. As the demon's power grew, it warped and changed her mother's body. Over and over again, Destiny saw and heard herself reciting prayers and commanding the demon to leave the body and return itself to hell. Destiny searched for her mom in the face of the monster as tears streamed down both their faces. She wondered if this was somehow her fault, Was there something she or her mom had done, or was this a battle that would always have been fought here, on this land, until one of them finally won? Destiny focused on her mother and the love they shared, and suddenly, she stood outside her own body as if she was now the ghost. She walked over to her demon-possessed mother and touched her forehead. Suddenly, her mother stood outside her body as well. The two embraced as their bodies battled behind them. About to lose once again, the demon filled with rage and unleashed its final weapon. It commanded flames to erupt everywhere. If it was to lose, everyone would lose with it. Destiny and her mom watched their house and bodies burn to the ground as the preacher and demon fought their eternal battle. The neighborhood was astonished and saddened at the loss of life and home time passed. The house was eventually rebuilt, and the mother and daughter's souls moved on together to a much better place. Meanwhile, the demon railed against its fate of once again being trapped within the land, as the preacher mourned the sacrifice given. The demon waited impatiently, and the preacher waited reluctantly for the next host to move in to continue their fight. Thank you so much Destiny for submitting your story that inspired this one. This is quite a tale and something that I would definitely watch as a horror movie. Maybe we should have this one be a future video. Tell me what you would think about that, seeing this in animation. Of course we'd have to change some things It would be different from the story that you just heard. But more importantly. Do you research the places you move into? These four walls that we now, these four walls that we now spend so much time within, living, laughing, loving. Maybe it's time for you to research the place that you call home. And those that have researched, have you discovered any haunting revelations? Let us know your story. Email us, snarled.com. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member, FDIC. Children's toys are often conduits for the supernatural. Like Annabelle, this is the true story of dolls that blur the lines of fact and fiction. Originally reported by The13thFloor.tv. Popular in the early 80s, the Cabbage Patch Kids dolls were a staple of children's holiday wish lists. Their massive popularity led to steep competition, and each holiday season demanded new innovations for the doll. Once Tickle Me Elmo entered the scene in the 90s, the ante was upped even further, and the Cabbage Patch Kids had a bold new concept that was more than anyone bargained for. On an online forum post about haunted toys, Posters shared anecdotes about their experiences with these dolls, about how they would malfunction in sinister ways. One kind of doll that kept coming up was the Snack Time Cabbage Patch Kid toy. Marketed as a doll that would eat the food that kids fed to it, the battery-operated doll would move its lips as soon as you placed its plastic food accessories near it. Its motorized mouth would then chew and swallow the food. If the noises it made weren't nightmare fuel enough, what happened next to many children is most definitely not for the faint of heart. These dolls sold like gangbusters that Christmas upon release before complaints came piling in. An article from the 13thFloor.tv described the technical aspect of the phenomenon. The jaws on the Snacktime Kid were also quite powerful, having been constructed out of a series of small plastic rollers that would push food backward into its head, very much like the grinding mechanisms in the mouths of stingrays. These rollers were designed to roll in one direction and to continue rolling until the mouth was clear of food. It would eat anything you put near its mouth. This meant it would crunch on pencils, paper, shoelaces, and most disconcertingly, human hair and children's fingers. The dolls were a huge failure, and most people returned them or threw them out. However, some parents simply removed the batteries. And that's when some say the real horror began. One commentator from the online forum, Lena98, explained that even when the dolls were powerless, the mechanics would turn on mysteriously and attack during playtime. They wrote, I left Maya in the room for just a second when I heard the screams. When I ran back into the room, this doll was eating her hair and it wouldn't stop. Eventually, it ripped a patch of skin off Maya's head. I will never forget the trauma on my daughter's face and the lifeless doll covered in her blood. Many believe that these dolls weren't just operating on technical malfunctions, however. Another commentator in the Haunted Doll Forum had a different story. Diego 24 recalled seeing the doll appear on cable television as part of a scary news story. There was a young girl in the South who had the doll and told her family about an imaginary friend who lived inside it, who wanted to come out and play. It wouldn't let her sleep. In the morning, her parents would find her covered in marks, bite marks. When they burned the doll, the little girl began to act strange. She wasn't herself, and they enlisted the help of the church. There was a video of the live exorcism on the church's cable channel. Whatever was in that doll had somehow transferred into the child. The dolls were believed to be vessels ripe for possession when demonic spirits were at play. So burning or destroying them was definitely not the best idea. Many of these toys still exist out there. Available online for hundreds of dollars for an interested doll collector or horror and occult enthusiast. Some might even be sitting in a grandparent's attic, hidden from harming little children and now forgotten about. They just wait. Waiting for the moment they can be rediscovered by nostalgic parents who don't remember these dolls have a need to feed. I know for me personally, maybe it was because of Toy Story, maybe it was because of just knowing. I've always treated my dolls with plenty of courtesy. There's something about their lifelike properties. Something about their waiting faces. It's almost as if, in a different, I don't know, dimension, in a different story, I could be the doll and they could be the ones playing with me. So how would I want to be played with? Just food for thought for you, my dark darlings. Many thanks to the reporting of The13thFloor.tv for the awareness of this story. Listener, have you come across one of these dolls? Perhaps at a yard sale? Perhaps in your own attic? Come across any haunted toys? I would love to know. Tell us your story. We all had imaginary friends growing up, but a letter from one of our listeners, Josie, asks, what would you do if you learned those friends were more than figments of your imagination? Hello, Something Scary team. My name is Josie, and I'm from Germany. I've recently discovered your podcast and immediately fell in love with it. I really enjoy all the scary stories from all the other listeners, and I'd like to share the story about something, or rather, the someones who have been with me for almost my entire life. It was a normal day, and I was walking home from school. I was so exhausted and so in my head about all the homework I had ahead of me that night that I didn't look both ways when crossing the street. So it was no wonder that I didn't notice the bus heading my way. Suddenly. Someone yanked me and I fell backwards on the pavement. The bus screeched by and barely missed me. I had scraped my elbow and was scared as hell, but despite that, I was okay. I looked up to thank my savior and looked straight into the eyes of my dear Julie and standing behind her was my sweet Emily. They were imaginary sisters when I was very young and I had forgotten all about them until now. They both smiled. And it felt so good to see them again, but suddenly I was interrupted by the shouting of the bus driver asking me if I was okay. I told him I was, and when I looked back, Julie and Emily were gone. When I got home, I asked my mom if she remembered my imaginary friends. She nodded and laughed. (laughs) My mom said I would draw pictures of three girls going on adventures together, and that I always insisted they were my sister's. I used to get so upset when anyone would call them my imaginary friends, especially the kids at school. Eventually, I stopped mentioning them or talking to them so the other kids would stop making fun of me. My mom said I finally grew out of it and forgot. She told me that her and my father humored me because they found it so adorable that I had made up my own sisters to keep me company since I was an only child. But then she frowned as she explained the eerie coincidence of them as well. I was startled to learn that before I was born, my mother had some difficulties getting pregnant, so she and my dad contacted a doctor to help them. It worked too well, and she soon found herself pregnant with twins. However, she lost them both in a miscarriage, and it was a few years before they had the courage to try again. When I asked her why, she'd never told me. She said that she just didn't know how to. I then asked her what she would have named the two of them, and she said that she really liked the names Emily and Julie. I still don't know how to feel about this. It is kind of nice to know that they are still with me, but on the other hand also, so strange. Now that I remember them, they still visit me occasionally, but I'm still too afraid to talk to them since I know they are ghosts. What do you and your listeners think I should do? Sincerely, Josie. This week's podcast stories were edited by Marcia McCarty, Sabina Graves, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Marcia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris and Calvin Linderman. Graphics by Johnny Ashley and Mari Carlson. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman.